Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. You're listening to The Western Rookie, a hunting podcast full of tips, tricks, and strategies from seasoned Western hunters. There are plenty of opportunities out there. We just need to learn how to take on the challenges. Hunting is completely different up there. I've harvested 26 big game animals. You can fool their eyes, but you can't fool their nose. The 300 yards back to the road turned into three miles back the other way. It's always cool seeing new hunters go and harvest an animal. I don't know what to expect. If there's anybody I want in the woods with me, it'll be you. Welcome back to another episode of the Western Rookie Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Krebs. And today, we are going to stick with the taxidermy theme. We just heard from good friend Reese Anderson on doing life-size taxidermy. And now, I have my friend Cameron Manwaring from Mini Muleys. And what's really cool about Mini Muleys, we had uh, Cameron on the Two Bucks podcast. You guys have come out with one of, I would say, the coolest outdoor I don't even know if invention is the right word because you're just changing a lot of things about how some people can can do taxidermy, completely changing, like revolutionizing options for taxidermy. And I just think it's amazing. The last couple of years, it's, it's one of the coolest things I've seen. And we were just talking about Sleepy, the giant, I mean, truly giant velvet mule deer that Cody and Kelsey from, is it Live to Hunt, shot. Yep. I think it's almost been a decade ago now, right? That that deer, but we were talking about it beforehand, and um, and so I'm excited for this entire episode and and to have Cameron here with us tonight. So Cameron, how are things going? I see you are in a phenomenal theater room, which is a big update from the last time we had. Cameron is building his own house, folks. Yeah, no, we uh, thanks, Brian. We we just got moved in a few months back we actually made it in time for christmas and so it time's flown and uh but we we just built a house in swan valley idaho so we're just a little less than an hour outside of jackson hole and um it's been fun for a lot of reasons one we're surrounded by nature and wildlife and i also just by happenstance happen to be like really close to a lot of it's it's kind of an antler mecca you know like just last weekend, literally on the 20th, um, Jackson Hole had their big antler auction that they do every year. And then coming up soon in the next couple months, there's actually the the Western Antler uh, Rendezvous. And that happens in Alpine, Wyoming, which is only 25 minutes from my front yard. And so there's like tens of thousands of antlers from all over the nation that people bring. So it's anyways, it's been fun. I just keep being immersed by more and more things to do with antlers and i love it more and more antlers and you're also in the neck of the woods like northern utah maybe utah in general wyoming idaho i mean that's some of the most dedicated shed hunters i've ever seen in that like tri-state area yeah i i don't think there's anywhere as like competitive or dedicated as like utah shed hunters 
And then I think it, you know, it kind of spreads from there, but it's a different, it's like a whole different culture to shed hunting. Like people take it seriously and people like they do it very seriously. So yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a shed hunter territory. So yeah, we just had the scout to hunt folks on the podcast talking about the shed giveaway. And I just thought they could do a, they could do another giveaway and make it like the extreme scout to hunt 50 K Bitcoin giveaway where instead of an antler place, they go out and place a mini muley and you got to find that sucker. Oh, dude, that'd be way harder. That's the needle in the haystack. It'd almost be like you bring everyone to one parcel of public, like one 3,000-acre chunk and say, it's here somewhere, guys. Whoever finds it gets the, you know, the prize. Well, if you you look at some of our early videos on Instagram, we have these like kind of almost trick videos uh, where we made, you know, these mini antlers and we go place it kind of next to vegetation and stuff that's smaller. Yeah. So when you're looking at it, it just looks like a freaking real antler. And then you see the fingers going and pick it up. And we thought about, we're like, we should just hide a bunch of like sheds around shed hunting type country. And, and just for people to like freak out, like, is this a squirrel? Is it, you know, yeah. but um, on the scout to hunt, we actually did a mini muley replica for the 50 K Bitcoin shed last year. And um, we have it on our limited series. So that's kind of fun. We, just last year sometime, I can't quite remember when, right around the 50K Bitcoin. So maybe it's been about a year, but we launched a limited series where we have some kind of unique animals or sheds. We have the spider bowl. We have the 50K Bitcoin shed um, where people can buy a copy of it. And so that, that was kind of fun. Oh yeah, that would be really cool because the Bitcoin antlers are, they're like, well, at least this year, they're they're colored. They're black and white. They look really. I think they look same, incredible. Same last. Yeah. Same last. They look. Yep. It's like they look tougher. You know, like they look more rugged and and you know and tough. And so I I thought they were cool. I would I would have loved to lived close enough to to try my hand at it. And and I knew right. I wasn't even going to be close. So I I instead partnered with with those guys and did a couple of the hint giveaways and helped promote it. And so I kind of disqualified me from partaking in the fun. Right. Right. No, yeah, it's cool. It's a cool, uh, I mean, I think it's only a place like Utah that would have that much, um, enthusiasm, I guess, and energy for like getting out and, and like really making that a success. And obviously they're doing it two years in a row. So well, I think, yeah, in Utah, like you said, there's something different about the shed hunters there. And it's be- I think it's because Utah has some of the best elk hunting in the world. And mm-hmm. I feel like it doesn't get its its due diligence in a way because it's so hard to draw the tag that yeah. people always think New Mexico because they can get a landowner tag or Arizona, which obviously have giant elk as well. It's just Utah, right. it's very limited, which is why you guys have. I mean, I'm sure there's a 400-inch bull running around in Utah every year, multiple ones. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. There's, mul- there's multiple units that usually have some sleeper, some ghost in there. So Yeah, yeah, and a couple, probably two, three people know about them, and they keep their lips pretty tight. So yeah. Um, but speaking of sheds, I saw you guys just posted a single of a bighorn on your story. Yeah. And so you can also get a mini muley of, you know, your favorite shed antler if you find just a, a giant um, a, or a unique one or, you know, maybe more for the whitetail guys back in here in Minnesota in the Midwest where I'm from. 
maybe that buck you've been chasing for five, six years and you have a lot of history with and you finally find one of his big sheds, um, that'd be a lot cooler rear view mirror ornament than just going and buying one from the outdoor store. Well, I think I told you last time, I mean, that's really how Mini Mealy started was specifically that. It was how cool would it be to take one of my sheds and make that into the mirror ornament instead of the, you know, copy paste from China plastic one. And, and that's what we have. And we have hundreds of customers now that are going around with their unique sheds. And lucky enough, once in a while, I'll be driving down the highway or in a parking lot. And I'll, I'll be like, that's a mini mealy shed because they are super unique. And the, what you mentioned though, we, yeah, we just actually, maybe like two months, three months ago, we just did Ram sheaths for the first time. So like, even if you want to go get the plastic, you know, kind of cartoony version from Sportsman's or Cabela's, um, you can do that for deer elk sheds. But I think we're the first ones that have ever done a ram sheath. And so we just have like a big horn ram sheath. And um, that's turned out cool. We launched it just at this little expo in um, Rock Springs, Wyoming. It was for Mule Deer Foundation. And we actually ended up having a customer that ordered like 20 replicas of his sheep and he did like sheaths of each one and euros of each one and anyway those have turned out really good that's what i have rocking in my truck right now is one of our big horn uh ram sheaths so i might have to i might have to put in an order for one because i used to have the knockoff china special of an elk and i went down this year to colorado and i met up with um steven and uh and we, he's a big shed hunter, man. Like yeah. the guy finds sheds. And so he brought us to New Mexico and we had a great time. And he found this beautiful brown elk shed. And he was looking, but he was eyeballing my little shed hanger. And he goes, yeah. where'd you get that? And I said, Shields. And he goes, what Shields? <laughs> because Shields <laughs> must be like a Midwest version of yeah. a Cabela's or a Bass Pro. We have one in Utah, but yeah. that is literally the only one. I, yeah, that's it. And so I said, I got it at Shields like 10 years ago. He goes, I'll trade you that brown elk shed for that hanger. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to turn that deal down. So, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, super uh, nice guy. Super nice. But, yeah, we had a great time. But now I don't have an antler hanger. So yeah, now you can get one of the big brown elk shed. So I could either do that. Oh, you know what would be cool? What does it take to – for? so I know – Maybe we should back up and, and share how the mini muleys are made. Like, how does a person get a mini muley? We'll start with that, but then I'll ask another question about the shed side of it. So the simple way, we basically figured out where we could make a replica of anyone's animal from photos alone. And so all you have to do is have a smartphone, and you literally just, like, go in a circle, take pictures of your shed, of your euro, of your shoulder mount, and then once we get those we composite them together into a 3D model. We do some digital sculpting to kind of clean everything up. Then those they go through a resin printer. We end up carving and cleaning up those models. And then every single one of them is hand painted multiple layers to kind of give this really realistic effect with the depth and everything else. So it from start to finish, you send us photos. We send back an exact replica of your animal. And then we just, as of one week ago, we just launched a small partnership with Trophy Scan. And uh, Trophy Scan, they do the 3D scanner side of things. And so they have thousands of customers that have already scanned, you know, these amazing animals. 
And so we've made an option and kind of, you know, figured out on our back end pipeline where if you don't have a scan, you can do photos. If you're a customer of Trophy Scan and you already have a scan of your animal, then we can utilize that as well. We still have to do some of the digital sculpting and whatnot, but now we have options for both. So that's kind of the, that's the condensed start to finish process. Oh yeah, that sounds incredible. And, um, and so my question was to do a shed, you just yeah. need the antler. You don't need the whole, obviously I suppose that that was a silly question. Cause when you only find one but, shed, you don't have you, the whole thing. <laughs> even if you find one shed and that's kind of the cool part of what we can do. Yeah. If you find a shed, yeah, we can replicate that shed. But if you also only found a shed, so let's say your friend, he finds that big brown elk antler, but he only found one side we can mirror that brown elk antler and then you could bring him back to life and put him on a euro or a shoulder mount you know so there's more options than just what it is as is but as long as you have an antler or the antlers or the horns we can kind of do any variation of what you'd like to create as an end output so you know you're talking about the full-size taxidermy um it, we're, we're not very limited. Like again, even if it's just the skull cap, even if it's just a pair of sheds, we can do a shoulder mount in a matter of weeks for someone. Um, and, and they can do that at a fraction of the cost and, and by far a fraction of the time. And so definitely the cool part. Yeah. If, if someone out there is listening and you haven't heard of mini muleys, I mean, taxidermy has always been traditionally localized. You know, it's, it's as far as you're willing to drive that animal. And now we can have customers worldwide. So whatever species, wherever you are in the world, you know, anyone can send us photos online and that's all we need to, to make them and we ship worldwide. So, yeah, that's awesome. So that's what I was thinking. I could take, cause the, I have a, a, a pretty nice bowl that I mounted and the taxidermist put a peg in each antler so I could fit it through doorways and stuff. So I could just pop my favorite side of him off and that could be my new elk shed mirror yeah. hanger. So, and, and even without that, even if you just had a shoulder mount, it was like permanently mounted on there. Yeah. You just take the photos and you say, I want the left side and we'll go ahead and isolate and recarve and kind of sculpt it. So you don't even have to make it detached or not. Like we, we can kind of do whatever from there and we don't charge extra to do any of those requests. Oh, cool, cool. Is anyone getting like a Euro as a rear view mirror hanger? Yep, we have lots of people. We we haven't done them as much because, you know, they, they're kind of hard to balance. Yeah, like, that's what I was thinking. Every animal's completely different. So finding that like perfect balance point. And then we're like, you know, drilling into the skull to put the eyelet to hang it. So it's a really easy conversion. What we've had most people do is they'll buy like one or two sheds that they've already you know, hat or, or even just to combine. And then they just use our simple shed hanger, you know, drill a tiny little pilot hole in their Euro and screw it in. So, I mean, it, it's super duper easy. And yes, we have a lot of people, I think for the Euros more common is people are putting them on the dash of their truck. Oh, so we, every single one comes with a little stand and a 3M pad. And it's just like a double-sided 3M pad. And you could put it on any dash of any vehicle and it kind of just rides front and center there. So we even had a guy one time uh, towards the beginning, like a year plus ago, he had a big Dodge Ram truck, but like a 80s or 90s truck. And he actually got a Ram Euro at, that's like, you know, life 
paint, lifelike painted everything. And uh, he swapped out the metal uh, ram on his car for one of ours. And he, you know, he had to like Jimmy rig everything and made a little metal dowel to screw it on. But now his his uh, Dodge Ram has like a little lifelike Euro on the front of it. And so pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, like a hood ornament you're talking. Yeah, yeah, the hood ornament. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah, yeah, that's that would be the better one is for sure is the to do the pedestal mount on the dash because it'd yeah. be so much easier to hang, man. And it's not getting in the way of your eyes probably nearly as much. Yeah. It's just like a bobblehead, but it, it doesn't bobble. So, <laughs> well, and another thing that I've thought about since our last podcast is there's so many laws nowadays around CWD and CWD transport law that it yeah. makes it really hard to do a European mount on a on a big game animal from the West. You know, like yeah. any out of state, it's really hard to figure out the logistics, and and you always have that, like you said, that localized option. But that means I have to leave my animal. You know, it could be Utah and I'm from Minnesota. So now I got to figure out how to go get this animal. And the costs, the cost for freight and crating and shipping and like, it's a lot, you know, and, yeah. and people that are doing these replicas, I mean, a lot of them have the money to do it. But to your point, there's also places like Africa, you know, there's some animals in Africa, like lions are an example, but there's some animals in Africa that you can't bring them back no matter what. Yeah. So it's not just logistics or cost. Like legally they cannot bring those animals back, but they could take photos of the animal in the field. And then we can still capture, protect that and be able to create a replica for those people. And in some cases have them delivered before they even get home. So there's, there's just cool options worldwide. And I think a lot of it, uh, you know, as we've gone on, even since we talked like six months, seven months ago, probably 90% of every single custom mini that we sell is a gift. And so there's a lot of people that, you know, it's just cool to display it at the office. It's a conversation piece. They get to take that memory with them wherever they go. But a lot of people it's gifts. It's that they go on the hunt and one person pulls the trigger, but there's friends and family or a guide or other people on the hunt with them. And so this is the, neatest most personalized gift that you can get someone because they get to take a replica of that same animal home that they have memories with as well so that that's really the cool thing and, and it's just not as cost effective to make 10 full-size replicas for every then everyone that was in your hunting group and all your kids and grandkids but it's really cost effective and really quick and easy to do the minis and so you know within a matter of weeks that person is able to gift that the memories are fresh. I mean, it, we just see a lot of people doing that and that's, it's kind of just morphed into something we didn't quite expect to go so much that way, but yeah, we're probably 90% gifts. So. Yeah. And I thought about it in, in a couple situations before I even met you. And I think before you guys even started like four years ago, I shot an elk that for me was really, it was a really tough call. Do I shoulder mount this or do I Euro this? And right. I decided, you know, with the CWD laws, I don't think I can bring the skull home and do it a Euro myself. I don't really want to leave them here in Colorado. Right. And so I decided to skull cap them and do the shoulder, which is fine. But now I would always have that opportunity to scan them and get a yep. mini Euro if I want just the look yep. of a Euro. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, we get a lot of people that do that. We actually just had a customer yesterday. I was talking to him 
and he had two shoulder mounts and two euros and he wanted you know one of each and because one he can display in a different way and he gets that look so it is kind of it's fun it's like a regret free you know hassle free way to do it where it doesn't really matter what you ended up doing with your animal um you know we can always do another option for you and there's a lot of people that even just cost wise like you know it costs them not that much to do a euro and they didn't really want to splurge on doing a full shoulder mount so they didn't keep the cape and they didn't do this we can make a shoulder mount and then use the field photos to match all those particulars you know the the chest patterns and the colors and everything oh yeah so that it's not just it's not just a likeness like it is your animal and that's something even in traditional taxidermy that's hard to do if someone doesn't salvage a cape you're looking all over trying to find something similar enough and so we can just guarantee that it matches your animal for sure and you know you're like a tenth to a twentieth of the cost to do a full shoulder mount so oh yeah oh my gosh so i think our taxidermist that we use is charging 800 bucks for a white tail shoulder mount nowadays which like taxidermy has gone up a lot in the last few years and so i was thinking more so like hey if you do a shoulder then you could bring a euro with you in the truck of the office but i'm like you said i'm guess now that you say that i think it's probably more common someone's gonna say well i'll do the euro with the real set of antlers because it's more cost effective and then i'll just do a mini for the full shoulder and bring that to the office or put that on my desk or the mantle. I feel yep. like that's a big, yeah. When, and sometimes, you know, the antlers or the horns are usually the most unique part about an animal, but that's not true of every animal. Like we just did a piebald deer, you know, and, and with a piebald, like there's all this unique coloring and pattern that it's more unique based on its cape yeah. than it is based on the antlers. And so there's just cool things that way too. And, and we, you know, we focused on antlered and horned species. We found through experience, like we, we can do a bear shoulder mount or a boar shoulder mount or a wolf shoulder mount. Like we can do any of those as well. And we haven't launched it yet and we don't have any concrete plans or a timeline, but we have tested and we can do full size, you know, like full body mounts. And so that's something we've been just trying to play around with. If it makes sense for us, it's a lot more time consuming. Yeah, It is more costly because we're still hand painting. Like it's a lot more work and we're not sure for most people that makes sense. But once again, you factor in the cost of a life-size mount Yeah, and we're still no matter what going to be a 10th to a 20th of the price. So, you know, it's something we've considered for a long time and we might be rolling that out sooner than later. Yeah. What is the, what's one of like the most unique locations that you've got um, a customer from that, you know, cause I, I assume, like you said, we started with the sheds and, and we did those mini like teaser videos and I'm sure at some point, you know, you started thinking like, man, this could be big. This could, this, maybe this would be worldwide. But then right. I'm sure you've still been surprised by a couple of the countries you've gotten a request from. We, you know, at the very beginning, um, we just had a lot of requests for like worldwide shipping. And I I think, and I, I'd have to look because I've never thought about it expressly, but I, I think we've had customers from every continent. So like I'm, I'm almost positive every continent that we have. So the one that stands out in my mind, we've had, you know, Africa and 
Europe and Middle East and all over, but uh, there was a guy in Bulgaria. And I just remember because he was talking back and forth with us a lot, but he was super excited to do this stag, um, you know, like a European stag. And yeah, just some random guy in Bulgaria. And I remember when we were doing all the shipping, you know, the address that was coming up and it was just like, okay, this is, this is weird, but he got it and he loved it. And yeah, so all, all over, I mean, I, Sweden, um, South Africa, Tanzania, lots from Australia, Tasmania, New Zealand, um, the UK. I mean, we've, we've, we've had customers from all over. So mostly Canada, United States, but, uh, but yeah, through social media and word of mouth that, you know, it's spread everywhere. Yeah. Bulgaria is a country where I wouldn't have guessed, you know, Africa's the obvious one. Yeah. But there's people in Africa, Australia, that's a pretty big hunting culture there, you know? Um, but I probably, Europe has some awesome hunting. Like I think, yeah. It's just so funny. Like they're not, I think traditionally and like culturally with Americans, we're like, you know, we got our guns and we go <laughs> hunt. It's just, it's more understood in Europe. I think they kind of just slip under the radar and, but like most, a lot of people have guns, but they only are allowed to have hunting guns. Oh, right. Yeah. Like there's lots of handgun laws and stuff, but people hunt and it's pretty common in, in Europe. They have some freaking amazing stags and elk and moose. And I mean, they, they have some cool animals and they have some unique stuff that we don't have. So, um, anyways, it's, that's kind of one of my bucket list places. And, and I think some of that comes from, I see these animals that get ordered and I'm like, sweet, like those animals exist in this country. I got to put that on the list. So, yeah, that's almost a better question. What's the, like the most unique animal? Like, is there an animal that came through that you were like, I didn't even know this was an animal. (laughs) Oh man. Good question. I mean, some of the African big game species, I think I'm just not as familiar because I haven't been over there. Yeah. You know, we know all of our like Rocky mountain, bighorn elk deer, you know, but, um, Honestly, I, it, it wasn't even from, uh, it wasn't from Europe or any exotic, but we did a crocodile skull for a guy and I wasn't aware. And again, I'm just this far West, you know, we have no crocodiles where I live. Um, but I didn't, I wasn't aware that people would hunt crocodiles. I've, I've seen like the shows where they like go out in the boat at night with a spotlight and they're shooting it with like a 22 and but I'm thinking it's just for like the meat and stuff and, and maybe like the skin, but it's like, okay, yeah, it makes sense that they do a skull. And we did a really cool crocodile skull turned out awesome. And uh, yeah, that was, that was a unique one for me. So. Yeah. That was like, once again, was not expecting the answer to be a crocodile. Um, yeah. That's crazy. It would be a cool skull. I thought hogs would be a really cool European mount because they got those, I don't know what they're called. I, I don't think tusks is the right word, but they got those sharp yeah. razor sharp teeth. Tusks. Yeah, okay. I, I think so. So, um, what I was going to say is that, yeah, the, a lot of people don't know this because we haven't even put it on the website and I wish we were more dedicated about updating things. We would love for this to be our full time right now. Our team is about eight people and it's mostly part time. The work just kind of comes in as it comes, but on there, you know, we have like this big drop down list of all the species and we've tried to like add things as we go. Um, that being said, we could do any skull and we could do any shoulder mount 
and it doesn't matter. Like I was saying before, it doesn't have to be horned or antlered at this point. We've practiced, we figured out that really any animal that you could possibly do anything with taxidermy, we can replicate it. And so if you have something out there and just cause you haven't seen it on our Instagram, you know, be the first, like, let us know. And we, and we can do it. Um, we just actually over Christmas, well, not over Christmas, a little bit after Christmas, uh, here in Swan Valley, one of my good friends, they run an excavation company and they're out digging the basement for a customer. And she found about six feet down in the ground, a woolly mammoth tusk. I saw that. And so it was freaking awesome. And so I get this phone call at like 9 PM one evening and she's like, Hey, so I found a mammoth tusk. He's <laughs> um, like, it's not mine. I'm going to give it to the owners of the land. And they'd looked into all these, you know, how, who owns what, and do they have to report it or whatever? But they did want to make some replicas so that they had something to remember it by. And so I went over and I took the photos and I got to see the real deal and hold it and, and look at it. And, uh, we made a few tusks. So she found it in two pieces. And it was cool. We replicated it in two pieces, just the way she found it, all the same coloring, because that's like the memory of it, right? And that's just like a nice desk ornament. And then we also, this was kind of cool, we found a 3D file that had been scanned from some archaeological survey or a museum or something. We found through a lot of searching this 3D file of a mammoth skull online. And so we repaired digitally the mammoth tusk, we mirrored it, and then we placed it onto a skull. So we did our first mammoth Euro. So anyways, kind of almost as a joke, but we truly can. We went and put on the website under species, you'll find mammoth. And, uh, <laughs> and funny enough, we posted that. And then I got like 10 messages on Instagram of people being like, Oh, I need you to replicate my mammoth tusk. And I'm like, how many people are out here finding <laughs> tusks? Like it's, and but up in Alaska and different places, like it's it's not uncommon. I, I it's rare, but it's not uncommon. So yeah, we've we've kind of we've done everything under the sun at this point. It's been fun. That's incredible. So is the Mammoth Euro on the limited series? Could someone order? No, it, you know all the limited series. We just like made agreements with the people who we did it for. So full transparency on it. We, we made an agreement where we made a free one for that individual Okay. Um, as kind of a trade to be able to do it. And so they got a Euro and a shoulder mount of their animal. And then they're just like allowing it to be on there. And, and it's been good for them because some people, you know, then friends or family that wanted something of their animal, it just made it really easy for like their friend to go order it rather than them, them to have to be the one to do it. So anyways, it honestly, not many people have like bought the limited series. Um, sure. We've added on there and maybe we haven't advertised it super well, but there's some really cool animals. And the whole point on there was that there's some people that follow us that they're not big hunters themselves, but they like really like the animals and they like, you know, almost like, Pokemon. I don't know. Like they, you know, got to catch them all. Like they, they just, it's not even that it's their animal. Yeah. Um, but they just like these cool, unique animals. And so we have had some people that have ordered them, but, um, definitely it's, it's obviously more cool and unique to make your own animal. So, Oh, for sure. I was just thinking the mammoth Euro 
probably would be a very popular limited series. I know a guy right now in Canada that would buy one because he has Canadian camouflage. He started a company called Canadian Camouflage, and his mask, his logo is a a uh, woolly mammoth euro. And so yeah. he'd probably get one just for his desk. <laughs> probably that we've actually done that with some. So um, muley crazy is one we've done it with where we took the muley crazy buck, the one that their logo is based off of. Yeah. You know, we've done replicas for them and they sell them in their shop and stuff of, of that. So there's some companies out there where if they have like uh, an animal or an antler type thing for their logo, mm. we can bring that to life and actually make, um, you know, something from that. So that's been kind of a cool one. I don't think we talked about this last time, but we have had a lot of business for companies that are doing like raffles or banquets or dinners and they'll order like 50 or a hundred minis to be able to give out as door prizes or auction them off or give them as gifts. You know, like mm. they're, they're places that are charging $200 for a dinner reservation ticket, you know, yeah. like an auction. And it makes for a really cool personalized gift where they're doing like the logo or like, let's say the, the state record buck from that year. And that's like what they're giving out. So that's a, that's a fun thing we've done. And so if, if, if any companies out there listening and you're thinking of what's a really cool gift we could do for all of our employees for Christmas, or what's something for a banquet or a fundraiser, you know, it's a really cool thing we can do in bulk and we give discounted uh, rates based on, you know, how many they're ordering. So I think I know the answer to this question already, but if Maybe. someone's got a bunch of horn mounts, like what's behind me, yeah. I assume no issue at all. Just take the pictures, same as ever. Cause there's some bucks that it's like, like some of these that I've got, they, you know, maybe I was too young and I didn't have enough cash or, or whatever the reason was, I decided to not get a shoulder mount. It would be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Go back and get the minis of like, because that's something where I always joke that I'll never stop shoulder mounting big deer. I'll just build shops to put them in. Yeah. But eventually you do run out of space. Like everyone eventually would run out of space or money to build shops. Right. I mean, you see some of these, you know, I think one thing that we've, we've had a hard time with, I'll just say it out loud here. Like we've had a hard time with, are we, are we being competitive to taxidermy in terms of replacing it or are we complimentary? And, and so far we've always taken the side of we're we're just complimentary. Like, yeah, you know, if I get a really big animal, I'm still going to do the full size taxidermy. Yep. Um, and, and most people are now, look, if you don't have the money to do it, or it's something you regret not doing before, um, cool. Like we're an option, but I think that's where we've seen where 90% is gifts is that again, one person brings that real animal home, but there's so many other people that have the memory with it and it just makes for a really cool personalized gift. So, you know, it's, it's, it's like, you know, every gas station you go into and you can buy a pocket knife or a keychain with your name on it. This is like times a thousand because it, I don't know, as guys, especially, I feel like, you know, we're, we grew up playing with action figures and we, you know, like there's <laughs> something about that. And now it's like having this action figure of your animal. And on the female side, they love it <laughs> for the space savings. And they also love it because they're super cute. 
And I always joke at like expos and stuff. I'm like, yeah, we're not supposed to say that word at a hunting expo, but like, they're really cute. Like it's just kind <laughs> of cool. so it's, it's fun where we can kind of cross boundaries. Like on the guy side, they're just super cool. And on even the kid side or, or the girl side, I can't tell you how many teenage girls that have gotten into hunting, but they're not this like raw, 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 like, you know, white blood on my face after the kill. Like they're a 13 year old girl that just got her first elk. And for her, it's a lot more approachable and a lot more, I don't know, special to have her elk on like her nightstand in like more of a, you know, a miniature way. Like there's something more endearing to her about that way to display it. So I think we've kind of crossed boundaries too. And we have a lot, a lot of female customers. And I think for that reason, it's not as in your face or as like, I don't know, vulgar is not the right word, but there's something clean about it. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, some people don't care and they're like, yeah, that's right. But there's, there's some women, even in the hunting world where they're like, I don't want dead animals in my house. And no matter how clean they really are, there's still something off-putting to some people. And we found we found that a lot of those people really love what we're doing because it's just so approachable. So Yeah, yeah, for sure. I just was thinking because some of these, I was like, ah, I'm not going to show them on that one. Because if I should, I mean, there's eight. I guess I got to count again. There's yeah. eight in here, and I have two more in my garage, hormones. Yeah. And so that would have that would have filled up a room real fast if I would have done a full size shoulder on each one of them. But at least I could do a mini on them yep. and just like remember the you know I I have a picture of each one's hide. So that's that would be for the color, and then I could do like the three D pictures of the the antlers yep. to get the sizing down. I still Wait, think one. You talk about also the like sizing in your house or like building a shop, but one thing, and I wish someone would take us up on it. You know, like fully we've had people do it a little bit but also have you ever been to some of these hunt expos and like think of the cost and the like to trailer in on a semi all of these shoulder mounted animals to like advertise their hunting ranch okay you could put in a suitcase every single animal not just like five or six of the best ones you could do 500 minis oh yeah and say this is like the wall of fame of our hunting ranch. And how many heads would that turn? You know, if you had like hundreds of minis and they walk up to your booth and it's like, we've done all of these bucks. Like there's something impressive about it. And they're still so novel. I see more heads turn when there's like a bunch of minis to look at than a full size because it. I think we've kind of gotten used to it, right? I mean, yeah. you go to a hunt expo and there's hundreds of mounts and they're cool to look at. but I would argue you save money and you might get more attention by setting up a booth that way, at least for the first few people that do it. So, well, yeah. And I, you know, I go to these expos and hunts and shows too. And you're right. They usually bring, well, it depends on who it is. I mean, like Mossback's right. probably bringing a semi, but most people, like yeah. you said, they bring their, their handful of favorites, but I'm always looking at it like, okay, I can tell that Mount is older. Like, okay, you shot right. one big elk. Is that it? Are there more mm-hmm. like that's, you know, one doesn't really tell me much because I got one big one too, you know, but like you said, if there was a hundred of them and they're all big, then you're like, Make okay. Perfect, like, yeah. let's say you've had a hundred people at your hunting ranch at like 
even if you're going to make a, a full-size replica or let's say the real thing, okay, good luck. Have fun coordinating with a hundred different people from all over the nation, all over the world that have hunted with you and then transporting, insuring, and bringing all these animals. Like it, it's just logistically impossible. Like Mossback is one of the only people that I've ever seen successfully do that year after year. But for most people, it's, it's just not doable. And now it's cool because yeah. if you are on a hunting ranch, you can take the photos right there in the field before your customer ever leaves. Right. And then you can make replicas of the animals that were on your ranch. And you likely have more history with those animals than any of the customers that walk through the door. Oh, for You've sure. Been watching those animals for years and you know them intimately. They know them for a week. So like, you know, we, we also find that like the guides, you know, it's such a cool present for the guide because a lot of them, again, have more history and love for that animal than sometimes the customer does. Yeah. What would be the minimum number of pictures that you could do a replica with? I'm thinking back like, so the last, since the last time we talked, I found out I have a long lost cousin that is an outfitter in Montana. And he's nice. about the same age as me. Him and his his dad started the business. Now he's following up. And they are known. Like their bread and butter is big mule deer. Yeah. And so they've got, I mean, their website's full of big pictures of mule deer. And, you know, each one, I'm sure they have a folder with a couple different angles that they took. It Would that be enough to, like, see what the, what the, what the tools can do to recreate it digitally? Or do you really need that no. full 360? It's, it's full 360 because, like, you can't just like make up what you can't see. Oh, you know, like I, I could like paint a picture of you right here, but everything in the back would be flat. And like, and especially when you're talking about animals, you know, there's kickers and there's colors and patterns and their shape, their shape to all of it. That's really okay. hard to capture. So, but the most important part, you know, you, you can get away with like 50, 75 photos of an animal and literally, you know, take two minutes, just walk around quickly and snap a bunch. Um, the most important part is it has to hold still. And without getting into like a, a lot of technical details, if that thing shifts, when we try and put all the imagery together, it just, it just craps out on us and it doesn't work. So the oh. most important part is that it's just held still from there. Uh, you know, it's super duper easy. And to that effect, we've had 85 year old grandma take photos of a deer that she wanted to secretly gift to her grandson. And she was able to do it. She was able to get out her phone, follow the instructions, our step-by-step -step instructions on the video. And she's sending the photos and we did it. So like, it's, it's pretty dang easy. We've made it as simple as possible. Yeah. I could easily see Moss back. Cause they're like, you said, one of the only ones that really does it at scale to like the yeah. next time they get them all together for the show. They just quick scan them all and they're like, all right, we're done with this. We're not renting semis anymore to bring all these animals to the Western Expo. I, I think they'll always be. And again, we're never going to replace the real deal, the real animal. That's that's not our goal. But we're able to like make it where you can take those memories with you so many more places. Like, well, I've joked about it and I used to do viral videos was like my job. I've done over 3 billion views on YouTube. Holy smokes. Companies all over the world. That was my thing. But I've thought about a bunch of different viral videos for mini muleys. And one of just like the kind of sales based videos is a guy showing up to work and he's got this like elk and he's walking around and he's like, <laughs> yeah. wow, like, you know, 
and he's at the store and he's like, oh, check this out. And, and he's, you know, at the barbecue and he's like holding this big shoulder mount, like check it out. And, and I think like naturally we want to show off and share the memories of these animals. And this is such a cool little conversation starter. Like, yeah, one sees that on your desk at work or in your truck or something. And it brings up this whole opportunity to share a story that's memorable and meaningful to you without like lugging around your elk and being like, look at this, you know? So it, I think again, we're not going to replace the real animal. Like we wouldn't have minis without the real animal, but it's really cool what we can do with technology. And I think it's cool that it can now be shared with so many more people that, you know, that that's the coolest part. That would be an amazing like ad or like that would be a great (laughs) ad. And then like you would end, you could end it. With the guy goes all over the place, right? The gas station, Cabela's, yeah. everywhere, the barbecue. And then you, you end it with him like walking into his office and like showing the receptionist. And then he gets in the elevator and he's like trying to get it in. And he's like, check it out. And the guy's like, well, you know, check this one out. And he holds up a mini instead. <laughs> yep. I know. No, there, there's a lot of fun things we could do with it. And uh, honestly, to that point, that it, it's kind of, that's where we're at. We're, we really are in a figuring it out phase of kind of what we're doing with the company. And, you know, we, we've talked about this a lot to, to be flat out honest, like we've done very, very, very well for our first year and a half, like very well, we've blown away, you know, kind of averages and numbers of like most startups, how they do, and they're getting to profitability and things like that. We've done excellent. That being said, for, for at least us, it's more of, it's at a level where this would make like, it'd be like a dream come true for someone if they were out there running this business on their own, um, spread across as many people as we're doing to kind of lighten the burden where it's not our full-time focus. You know, it's, it's hard to give it the attention that we really would love to. And so we've been at this balance point. It's kind of like we, we want and hope that it grows to even just a little bit more than it is. So we can justify putting in more time, continuing to innovate at a higher level, um, you know, keeping things fresh. And, uh, and so, yeah, we're, we're kind of figuring out and seeing where that goes. Oh, I have no doubt you guys, all eight of you will be full time eventually. I mean, (laughs) I hope that it's so cool. I think a huge market, a huge market would be the 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 white tail property managers um you know so like for example me and my wife we just got under contract on a new home on 40 acres super Mm -hmm. jacked about it be able to hunt right out our back door and so we're probably going to see bucks year after year but the neighbor might shoot them right right like this happened i I was, me and the family, we've been doing food plots and habitat management on our family farms, and we had a buck, we called him Bert, and he, because he was running with another big one called Ernie, so Bert yeah. and Ernie, and for three years, we watched this buck grow, I saw him in person a couple times from the stand, and just quite didn't get it to go, and eventually, my niece shot him, so super happy that it stayed within yeah. the family, but Did even that, yeah, yeah, but even that, my niece lives two hours away from me. Yeah. So that was two years yeah. ago. I still haven't seen that buck because it just got back from the taxidermist now. So talk about timeline. Yeah. Two years. Yeah, like that, that's a, an example. We have that happen all the time. Yeah. Where a deer like Bert, 
you have all this family and all this history and it's like, okay, good for her. But like, can we make some replicas of this animal for ourselves? Yeah. And maybe we don't want to go to this huge costly extent, but like you would love to at least have one and go, oh yeah, we have history with this animal. Like it's, it's just fun that way. So. Yeah. Yeah. We have me and my brother both like tag team to buck. He took the first shot. He could only see like it was bedded. He could see it's one ear and one antler and he assumed the head was on like the left side of the ear and it was on the right side of the ear. So he missed. And then, you know, I shot it and it was a whole better example Kalamazoo. But yeah, now we kind of both like share this buck. We pass it back and forth between the house and at least like the other person could have the mini, you know, and we could just trade like swap. Um, He shot a buck that I had on camera. Well, we it's all a team effort. So we had on camera. But he shot that one completely on his own, and I just really liked that buck. I mean, I watched every – he would call him Hollywood because every morning he would stand in front of one of our cell cameras and just take picture after picture. So we all – you know, it's like every day he was checking in. And so yeah. I think that would be huge. Even without – like outside of the family, you talk yep. about like – ironically, some of the biggest whitetail hunters in the industry all are neighbors with each other, which is probably yeah. how they all got so big, right? But they're all down in southeast Iowa, northeast Missouri, and every now and then I'm sure one of them shoots a buck that they've all been chasing, and then they could all just work together and get a bunch of minis made. I think that would be a huge whitetail market. I think it's the gift side of it too. Like when you have a buddy come and help you, let's say, pack out. Now, whitetail hunting is different. Your pack outs are honestly lame excuse but like you know it's like well you can't even use the term pack out because most people drive their pickup up to the animal exactly so like my first mule deer i put in 20 miles in the first 24 hours and i had an 11 mile pack out from like eleven thousand feet down to four thousand feet through like scrub open like rough rough (laughs) rough rough pack out now when my buddy comes and helps me pack out that animal and he puts in the work and everything else like what am am i going to give him like a hundred bucks and be like hey thanks man like you know it's like it's like dumb it's almost insulting like so yeah when you want to do something really nice for someone that helped you out on a hunt whether they gave you a tip let's say that they pointed you in the direction and you ended up tagging out on an animal or they let you hunt on their property or they helped you pack out. They helped you skin it, whatever they did. This is such a cool gift that like, it, it's not about the money. It's like a specialized personalized gift. That's really fitting as a thank you to that person. If a guy w- let me hunt on his land and I killed my first white tail, but that was like on his land, like it, how cool for me to make a mini replica and say, Hey, thank you so much. Like here's an animal to remember it. And everything. like, that's way better than being like, Hey, here's 50 bucks. You know, like it just, yeah. anyways, I, I, I think that is, um, I, yeah, I've said it a, a bunch, but I think it's one of the coolest parts of what it's kind of evolved into is it, it just makes for that personalized gift that I think is just a lot more thoughtful than here's a pocket knife. Here's 20 bucks, you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, and normally what you do, like what I've always done in that situation, if someone helps pack out an animal, it's, it's a little different when you go out as a team, because when you go out as a team, everyone's got a tag, you hunt together all week. We just split everything equally. If one guy shoots an elk and there's four people, everyone gets 25%. Yeah. You get me, you get this like, right. Yep. But if I was to go out on my own, shoot something and call a buddy and say, Hey, can you come help? I would say like, you want a quarter? Do you want a backstrap? Like, you know, 
and they're probably going to say yes, right? They like venison. They like elk meat. Well, if you yeah. just think about it, like dollars and cents, like you gave that guy 75 pounds of meat, like $5 a pound, it's way more valuable than the $5 a pound at the grocery store. Like right. that's still a significant gift. It's not costing you money out of your pocket, but it's way more valuable of a gift. Yep. And so it's like, it's like when someone's like, Oh, a milli milli for a gift. It's like, that's actually like half of what you gave them in meat. Really. Yeah. If you think about it. <laughs> yep. So true. Yeah. That is, that is something that I'm going to have to look at. Cause there are two bucks right now that I have a lot of history with that. I don't hardly ever get to see probably three. My nephew shot one too, that, the whole fa- you know, the whole family's watching these all year long, and one of us is lucky enough to get them instead of the neighbor. But it'd still be nice to look at them at Christmas. Tell me the name. What's the name of the podcast again? This one or the other one? This one. The Western Rookie. Western Rookie. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna make a discount code right now, and you're gonna be the first to know, so you're welcome to use it. But I'm gonna do. Oh, perfect. Western Rookie. Just like it sounds, R-O-O-K-I-E. Yep, yep, just like it sounds. And we're going to just do a 25% um, code, and then I'm going to set a limit, and we're going to do 15 times. So whoever whoever's on here other than yourself or your friends or family, um, that'll be on there. Western Rookie, 25% off stuff on the website, so feel free to jump on and grab something if you're listening. So 14 of you are going to get an awesome deal. There you go. (laughs) I'm going to be heading back to Alexandria to go to Canada fishing for a week on next Friday. So I'm going to, I'll take the pictures, man, there might be, there might only be 13 of you folks that get a good deal because there's two bucks on my mind that I really want to get there. (laughs) There could be four. So I'm, 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 I'm making a compromise with the listeners. You can do it. You can do it in one order. So oh, anyway, perfect. Yeah, uh, this will be off in order. So, so yeah, fourteen of you are going to get a, a great Let deal. Western rookie. I don't know why this is not doing it. I'm going to give you guys one more right here. Let I'm going to do one that I know is working. Okay, you guys just lucked out because I can't get it to load from my phone. So the discount code you can use is trophy30 and that is for 30%. So you just got 5% more because of my mistake here. So wow. Trophy30 trophy and I am setting a limit to how many times this one can be used and uh we'll go from there. All right folks, well Trophy 30, Cameron just must be feeling generous tonight. And a, a bunch of you guys are going to get one heck of a deal on a mini mealy. I'm excited. I'm excited to get them. That, that's our steepest discount we ever do, by the way. We we really can't go above 30% even on quantity. Uh, just We just don't have enough in it. And so anyways, that's yeah, that's the best deal you're ever going to see. I'll tell you that much. There you go, folks. It's, it's, if you're waiting, if you're on the fence, it's never going <laughs> to get better than this. Cameron has given you, given the farm away. All, all I ask is once you get your minis back, take some photos in front of the real size animal, whatever. Send them to us on Instagram. We can post them on social for you. And uh, and that's the trade. You know, s- some content will be good to go. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's going to be a big one. I mean... What you guys are doing is so cool with the minis and just the 
I think it's really just the sum of what you said is it's an option. Like, it's opportunity. It's creativity. Like, people can do so many different cool things. And, and just hearing you talk about all the stories and all the ideas your customers have been having, it, it's expanded so much beyond, you know, the original Muley Shed. And now it's it's just all these different very cool products. I think it's going to keep exploring. I really do think all eight of you will have the opportunity to go full-time eventually. Well, that's the goal, so I appreciate it. Appreciate the compliments. Well, I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you sharing the Mini Muley story and just, you know, having fun talking about animals. Like, who? that's the whole point of the podcast right there. And and then being, giving the folks a great coupon code, Trophy30, to use out there uh, when they get their very own Muley for themselves. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. Appreciate it, and good to see you again. Good to see you too, buddy, and thank you for listening, folks.